Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hey, I am here today for a short episode to consider a topic that probably needs more than a short episode. Judgment. I think what I'm noticing most prevalently across the board, wherever I am in the world and whoever I'm in discussion with, it's that it's so easy to judge people that don't share our opinion. And it feels to me, and this is definitely a feeling, that the overall open discourse has really been dampened. I still see some podcasts and some individuals, especially those with already a huge following, being able to voice what it is that they think and feel a bit more openly. Uh, That being said, I, I still feel the hit on personal opinions. Now, I want to be clear in defining this because personal opinion is not necessarily fact, right? And so if someone has a podcast like me or a blog or an Instagram page or whatever other channel they're using, they in fact have decided to share their view of the world. And it's simply a view, a view of the world that's changing, a view of the world that is definitely malleable based on new facts and new awareness. I mean, we certainly don't vilify children who don't know everything yet. And I mean, if we're being honest, we never really do, right? So I am here with you today at just a point in time expressing something about judgment that I've noticed up until this point and frankly, probably surrounding the past, let's say, year and a half or so. Now, this doesn't mean that it will become irrelevant in the future or that it wasn't more relevant in the past. It simply goes to say that I truly believe that opinions are just that, changing perceptions and viewpoints on topics that evolve, hopefully, right? I mean, if we're going to say that we have a growth mindset and then we enjoy learning and that we um, we respect debate or discussion, right? I mean, you might not run a structured debate, but certainly discussion. If we're going to say that we're advocates of open and free speech and sharing intellectually with one another, then I think we all need to check ourselves on both inner and external judgment. And I mean, you know, you can see a like a cute post on Instagram with some quotation or um, poem, a, a visual that says, you know, you don't know what go- someone's going through and we'll have mental health awareness week or um, in Canada, you know, like Bell Media will do like a Bell month for mental health and like we'll do these kind of really um virtual virtual virtue signaling they are virtual also virtue signaling things and i'm sure i've done it not consciously but you know you'll post something to seem like a good person or to seem like you're on board or to seem like you're doing the right thing and it's a funny thing because you go and you post it and then you go on with your everyday life and not much has actually changed And we still judge, there's still the stigma on, for example, mental health or somebody being obese potentially or somebody's race or someone's job, right? Or um, their appearance in other ways. We'll judge what someone says. We'll judge what someone does. And you know what I've noticed about judgment? When people are judgmental outwardly and even even if they're judgmental in their minds to others, the person that is hurting from that more more than even the person that hears that judgment potentially and is really hurt by that 
The person that gets hurt more is the person standing on their soapbox judging. Because the other person is at least living their lives. And you would hope that that doesn't stop them, right? And that's the biggest downfall or sad, you know, apart from hurt feelings. It makes me really upset when I think about how many times I haven't done something or said something or been myself or followed what I knew to be right because someone else that was older, cooler, uh, in a position of power said, yeah, that's not cool, or don't do that, or go this way, or do this thing, or say that, or dress this way. Or I remember dating a guy that told me I shouldn't wear jeans because of the way my body looks in jeans. It's like, what? <laughs> a whole category of pants just vetoed from a boyfriend crazy to think about now but I took it to heart and I didn't wear jeans for like years because it was just the fear of rejection was bigger than any self-confidence or self-worth or trusting myself I mean I don't love jeans like I've always kind of you know I prefer more comfortable pants or dresses or skirts whatever but you know just the premise that somebody could outwardly say something and stop you from being you in any given moment is terrifying. And again, I could pull out some, you know, the only person that you can truly uh, judge is you or like, you know, this whole thing. But it is to some degree, right? It's like, really, we only need to, and if you're, you know, if you're spiritual or have any um, faith in a higher power, then, you know, you might say, well, God is our ultimate judge. Uh, And so you could go down that road of, of faith and looking at how higher power really is the reckoning force whether you believe in karma or you know sin i mean it's interesting the more you actually read into the bible sin is a bit of an interesting thing it's more about natural laws of of just what you choose to do and the consequences of those actions but a big tenant of christianity and catholic religion in the bible in particular, the the biblical text, because I don't necessarily know. I don't know the distinctions very well of Catholicism, Protestantism, Anglican, Anglican. Part I don't actually know the differences of the subsets very well in Christianity. That might be something to explore. But my point being, within the Bible, forgiveness is such a one of the biggest tenets. I mean, love first and foremost, right? Love is the most powerful thing, and then you know something to let's say reverse hatred or a negative act of some sort would be forgiveness and so it's interesting because I started out talking about judgment but really perhaps the the focus should be on its antidote which is forgiveness and so of course I've judged right I'm not here on my soapbox either it's like this is so rampant in my thinking it almost it almost happens unconsciously completely right like I don't even think of it you just it's so easy to see something and evaluate it and I think somehow from an evolutionary perspective that's to our benefit right just from an even like food perspective you see something it's like okay that's rotten or old or um you know inedible for whatever reason and we're judging we're constantly scanning we're constantly looking for problems or danger and so it's definitely part of our evolution to scan a room and see how things see the current situation am I safe is this a favorable environment? And so we do this with people as well, right? So from a very sensory perspective, it's obviously needed to some degree to protect us. 
right? And so when people talk about, you know, being blind to race, it's like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, <laughs> frankly, because, I mean, we're, we're all different. And I think that's actually what's beautiful. I mean, we're, we're from the same, you know, we're all human, but we all have these idiosyncrasies and unique characteristics and aesthetic or physical visual differences. You know, when you look at different people, they look different. And I think that's beautiful. I was out to breakfast yesterday and it was, there was this absolutely beautiful black woman with gorgeous, like a huge afro, dark hair, and her skin was perfect she had beautiful lips and her her body was stunning okay and she was there with her friend who had an english accent red very orangey red hair um beautiful green eyes freckles and then they had another friend there who had brown hair uh, brown eyes i couldn't see much she was facing away from me also i'm sure beautiful but i, I couldn't cap i couldn't see her as well they were all noticeably different from their physicality, okay? And to say, I don't see race is just absurd. I think we should talk about appreciating race, personally. I think we should talk about revering people for their differences and their unique elements of themselves. Again, this not just physically, but this is now personality traits, little quirks or idiosyncrasies in, in people's personalities i think that's what makes us so fascinating as a species is to look at our differences and appreciate them that's what true diversity i think is about right we want diversity of opinion we want diversity of experience of background of 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 education that's what we're really looking for isn't it when we talk about diversity it's not supposed to be just a checklist it's not supposed to be a quota like that is the absolute opposite to me. When we create a quota of what types of people, what you know, physical types of people we need in a room, and we put these, we mark these boxes because it's what we should be doing from a corporate responsibility perspective. That just makes me it makes me feel like we're missing the point of what diversity means, true diversity. And so that's, that's a judgment. Maybe it's a valuable one to, to think about. But certainly, I think the virtue signaling, the outwardly condemning or cancel culture is dangerous, very dangerous to limit, based off of our personal judgment, what should be okay. Obviously, it, sh it should go without saying. I feel like I can already see people being like, well, what? You want people that are terrorists and that are hurting others and that are proponents to violence to just be allowed to have huge public forum? No, I mean, I think the basis of natural law of human beings not being able, or, or rather that people should be, there should be enforcement around violating another person's freedom. And that means of course their physical health and well-being so if you're violating my health or you're putting me in danger if you're physically assaulting me that's absolutely outside of the purview of you know free speech or free action or freedom right it's like you can be free but don't 
impose on my well-being within your freedom. So do what you got to do. And this is a very libertarian view. Um, again, and I'm not politicizing at all. Again, in my previous episode, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself into any political party. I have views and changing opinions on all sorts of different topics. And so no political party addresses every single topic in a manner that I agree with. So I'm simply saying that from a libertarian point of view, where we say, okay, freedom above all, and freedom means people can do whatever they want to do outside of infringing upon someone else's well-being. That includes physicality. So no, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, free speech and cancel culture, and so we should just let people be, um, complete completely disregard others' welfare. That's absolutely not my thesis here. My thesis is going back to judgment and how devastating it can be, whether it's just in a, not just, whether it's in a romantic relationship where you have intimacy, trust, respect, and hopefully some level of admiration for the other person for what they bring to the table. Judgment in that two-person scenario can be really harsh all the way up to societal judgment where we can cancel somebody and make their entire contribution to society worthless because of one thing they say, one thing they do or don't do. That's that's a scary thing. It's a scary type of world to be living in because which, who of us has not made a mistake or said the wrong thing? And if your life is constantly on you know, being viewed and inspected and picked apart. How difficult is that to be able to live day to day in fear? I mean, it's like walking on eggshells. It's as if, you know, imagine somebody watching you all day long, checking to see if you say the right thing, do the right thing, look the right way. Terrifying. (laughs) And then we go back down to a micro level to the one individual person. And that's all I can do, right? Is look at myself as one individual person and do my best and same thing for you. So for me as an individual person, I go back to the antidote of judgment, which in my opinion is forgiveness because we're all going to judge and sometimes more harshly than other times and often we're our biggest critic and we all know what that's like. And so when we're judging ourselves or we consciously realize we're judging others or perhaps we're giving opportunity or favoring others due to likability, agreeableness, gosh, those two alone. If somebody's likable because they exhibit you know, traits like extroversion or openness or agreeability, agreeableness rather, if they exhibit those three traits and they're likable, quote unquote, we give them so much more opportunity. And that, that's a questionable thing, right? I mean, you want to be around people you like. And so then we could potentially go down the rabbit hole of saying, okay, well, equality of opportunity then. So everybody can have a chance at a job or a friendship or a relationship, a romantic relationship or a certain type of lifestyle. Everybody can have a chance, but it's what they do with that chance that decides whether or not they can go down that path. And And so, yeah, we can't I don't think we'll ever and should not afford equality of outcome. And that's something actually Jordan Peterson goes speaks to at length alongside a book I'm reading right now, Reviving the American Dream. I'll have to put a link to it. It's an older book. I just know there's a Statue of Liberty and it says American Dream on the cover. <laughs> it's from like the, the 80s, 
late 70s, 80s. Um, Roger, I'll, I'll post it. I'm reading it right now. I can't even, it's awful. I can't remember it. Judgment. Again, see what I'm saying? So easy to judge yourself. It's like, yeah, okay, I forgot. Big deal. Human being. Lots of things on my mind. And then, so interesting, right? The counterbalance, and I'm doing it right now. The counterbalance is justification. Well, I was late because blah, 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 blah. And the thing is, is that others have more sympathy. They relate to us and they will let us off the hook. And this is actually a phenomenon. It's, it's true. Others will let us off the hook more when we know more, when they know more context about our situation. And if we're more like them. So for example, you know, you're a mom, you have two kids and another mom shows up late to work and says, you know, my kid's sick, really couldn't make it. I had to, you know, had to go to the doctor, but I'm here now. As a mom, as a fellow mom, you're either going to go, well, you can go many paths, but you know, compassion or judgment. And so you can either say, oh, I'm a mom and I'm a perfect mom. And so, you know, I keep my shit together and I'm here at work on time, despite the fact that you don't know what's going on with my kids and you can't keep your act together. So we can, I can go either go on the road of judgment or we can go on the road of compassion. Oh man, you know, I've had a sick kid before too. Maybe there are other things going on there. I'm going to choose to be compassionate. And so when we get more context, We often err on the side of compassion, especially if somebody's like us. But what if we just extended compassion all the way through? What would that do? And, you know, in reading Brene Brown's book, um, it's really interesting because she talks about the gifts of imperfection and vulnerability, of course, and she does shame research. And in reading her stuff, it's like, you know, but we need to be the, the counterweight to being compassionate all the time and then feeling like a doormat is that we have to have some level of accountability. And so you say, okay, well, I'm going to be compassionate to people's situations all the time, like radical compassion. Okay. But then I need to set up accountability measures and consequences to things so that from a business perspective, for example, or if we're working on a project together, there's still a consequence to not delivering on a consistent basis. And so perhaps you have, you know, the system when you're a kid, like three strikes, you're out or some sort of median where if the person really can't deliver, they need to set up their own timeline and then adhere to it. And so you, you know, as you set goals for your people, if you're managing someone or in a group where you're whatever, if there's no hierarchical structure, but if if you set a goal structure where you have a timeline and everybody agrees to it, then it's like, okay, barring severe illness or death or whatever we want to say, you know, if you're running behind, get help, here are some resources, you know, pull someone in on your task, but this is our timeline. We need to do our best to stick to it. And then, you know, you're creating sort of like a code of ethics for your team or your group or your friend group or, you know, whatever your relationship doesn't matter. Just people in a group together makes (laughs) always makes a situation more complicated than self-governance. And by the way, that's not to trivialize self-governance. Taking care of yourself is so damn difficult <laughs> on a day-to-day it's just be a great human day in day out to not take anger that you have out on other people to not judge other people um to a debilitating degree for yourself and for them because you also can't have great relationships if you're super judgmental you're never going to really like anyone or trust anyone or respect anyone and that's a very hard way to live life as well i would imagine um you know if you can't have friendships then really you also can't play well in in the playground so to speak right that that also kind of precludes you from any sort of progression up a hierarchy unless you're able to mask that disdain judgment and lack of trust for others when you're in front of them and so that that's a scary place i don't know enough about psychopathic tendencies but certainly um, if you really don't trust anyone with anything 
but you move up a hierarchical structure like a company and you are in a position of power, then, I mean, you have, like, zero empathy or human emotion, but you somehow navigate personal relationships. That's actually fascinating. I read a book about that. Uh, Split-second persuasion, I believe. I'll also link to that. That was a while ago. But that book was fascinating because it talked about the... I want to make sure that's right. I'll check. But um, I talked about how psychopaths essentially have great traits <laughs> when it comes, like, or leaders. Let me let me clarify. Leaders are often share great leaders often share traits with psychopaths because that's what it takes to get to that position of power with that level of one pointedness um, and that ability to manage so many different competing objectives from people within a company. So it's fascinating. It takes a look at useful traits of psychopaths, sociopaths. Man, okay, I'll check. It'll be in the session. It'll be in the episode notes. I read that a long time ago, but that's what came to mind. So, okay, wrapping up because I said this would be a short one and we're at 20 minutes. So easy for me to go down rabbit holes. I love, I love this. I think if I could podcast all day, every day, I totally would. Hopefully there's value in this for some of you, all of you. I hope something uh, clicks or changes or you enjoy the sound of my voice during your morning stroll with your dog or like I've said in the past, folding laundry or driving, hanging out. Hope this is a source of comfort somehow to you that there's another human with musings that might be completely opposite to yours, but here I am exposing them for all to see. So back to judgment. I think we're clear that When a situation arises, we have two main choices, although we have many, but the two that we're talking about today are judgment or compassion for the person and what they're going through. And then if we go down the judgment road, I've identified that the antidote to that is forgiveness, both of myself and the other person. So forgiving myself for being judgmental. And then if somebody else, you know, they they mess up or they disappoint me somehow, Um, oh my god, I can think of my birthday. My birthday is, I still haven't navigated this well where I... As a kid, my mom always made my birthday exceptionally special. I would wake up to balloons on my ceiling. I could take the day off of school. Um, we would go deliver cupcakes to all my friends at school, and then I could go be with my mom. Off. Sometimes we would just spend the day at her work, but I just felt like the most special human being on the planet every birthday that I had as a kid. And so I seek to replicate that every year because it's the one day I just won't compromise when it comes to focusing on myself. And it's funny because in the past... And, and I'm working on it, definitely. But I, I you know, it's kind of princessy. Like, I, I want it to be all about me. And when people don't reciprocate, I go... And oh, by the way, I always go all out for my friends' birthdays as well. As if I'm not around, like, I'll try to send something their way. You know, I'll do something. If I'm there, it's, there's always a party. Even for people I've just met. I think birthdays are so wonderful. I think we should celebrate every day. But a birthday is such a wonderful chance to remember yourself and what you bring to the table and honor yourself a little bit i guess it's a counterbalance to all the judgment i i do to myself the self-judging dialogue i have in my head all the time it's so easy to judge yourself on every move you make and now when you know all of your presence is so eternal online it's like you say something wrong you can't take it back those are your words forever a bit terrifying right like every single word whatever you say be very careful because it is there for good (laughs) and so I think my birthday is a counterweight to judgment in some way and if people don't share my level of excitement reverence you know put it on a pedestal and make it important the way I do 
It's so easy for me to judge them for that. Why don't you care about my birthday? Why don't you care about me? And that's another thing about judgment that's really interesting, right? Is we can go down a rabbit hole of like, okay, I judge this one action the person did, but then I judge who they are as a person, right? It's like, okay, you didn't care about my birthday, so you don't care about me. That means you're a selfish person. It's like, whoa, we can so easily go from like, this person did a, you know, potentially they didn't show up and they didn't do a caring thing. But now they're like just a completely selfish person. We go so far to judging their character in a moment of upset. And so anger is probably another emotion to kind of bring into the table to the cognitive judgment piece. But for now, (laughs) anger for another day. Judgment, antidote is forgiveness. Forgiving ourselves and forgiving others for whatever disappointment or error or miscommunication, misstep of any kind that they've made. And patience probably falls into this equation somewhere too. It's like I'm visualizing, I wish I could draw a picture of it. So many different characteristics to unpack. But certainly the most linear thing that I've seen is just if we are judging ourselves or others, forgiveness is the key. And just saying I forgive myself, I forgive the other person. (laughs) It's a start. But certainly that's a whole process. And I think I think forgiveness is a really interesting thing. Sometimes it takes time to let all of those other emotions, the anger, the sadness, the frustration, whatever, all of the upset to dissipate. And so sometimes that's what it takes and communicating that might be the move. But all in all, I've, that's what I've figured out about judgment so far. And... Yeah, I hope it gives, it's certainly giving me cause for pause, a reason to take a moment and just consider how judgmental and critical I can be of myself and others and, you know, the cause-benefit analysis there, what it's doing to me internally, what it's doing to my relationships and then say, you know what, I'm going to let myself and others off the hook a little bit today because that's what feels right, that's what feels good and people will actually do more if I'm not so hard on them right and I'll probably do better too if I just let myself do things without second guessing so hard so I hope my rendition on judgment has been useful and if you would like to contribute to me continuing to this podcast I would love for you to donate a coffee or a coffee a month on a subscription and join our inner circle by doing so access to extra content recordings different one-on-one opportunities as well with me if that's of interest so please do feel free to click on the link and support me and the show in any way you feel makes sense for you right now and thanks so much for listening